0: This is Fair Talk presented by the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Don't forget to follow the Northern Wisconsin State Fair on all of the socials for details on the 2024 Fair, as well as all of the events going on at the fairgrounds year round. I'm Scott, joined by the fair's executive director, Rusty Volk. Rusty, how's it going?
1: Hey, Scott, it's a beautiful day. We got a great day going,
0: and uh, it's really going
1: quite well things at the fairgrounds are hopping we're still very very busy uh finishing up projects so it's it's exciting
0: and as we've talked about on some other episodes and by all means folks go back and check those out Uh, the fair is much more than a, a few days in july there's a lot that is going on on the fairgrounds and ways you can be involved as well so be checking out the website and again all of the socials for uh, upcoming events and maybe even be reminded of something you missed and go shoot that's why i should be checking uh, it out all of the time uh, rusty today we wanted to touch base on you wanted to the the industry as a whole and and it is an industry it is something that there's there's fairs all over the country various sizes various uh various different missions that they have Uh, some have got uh, midways and some don't have midways and carnival rides and some focus on big name acts and some don't and some are very much leaning into the agriculture others have shied away from it Uh, so you want to take us down a path today discussing the fair industry as it is the role it's played and maybe uh, what is to come in the fair industry?
1: That's that's right, Scott. I think that's a lot of times, uh, listeners. They do, and people who visit the fair fairgrounds go to these events throughout the United States and Wisconsin and Chippewa Falls. They they know the fair has always been there. It's that traditional event where you go to see the animals, uh, where you go see the 4-H and FFA students, and every fair is different. Every fair is totally, totally different. It's uh, different as far as its government, gover- governance, its structure, who owns the grounds, who owns the property, who runs the fair. Are they privately employed? Are they employed by the state? Are they employed by the county? So there's every fair is actually very different. Mm-hmm. And so how do you bring the whole industry of the fair, which it truly is of industry, throughout the United States and the world in that how do you direct that industry and how do you look at that to say, where are we going? Where we come from? How important is it? So, you know, fairs started like 175 years ago. That's how long they've been in existence. And from that aspect, it's just evolved and evolved and evolved. So, uh, the industry actually has a, uh, an organization called the International Association of Fairs and Exhibitions. It's called the IAFE for uh, short, for acronym. That particular industry, uh, the IAFE, basically has been in existence for almost that many years as well so that they can come together for conventions and discuss what the key elements are the changes in the fair industry and how it how it change how it impacts various people you know so the fair basically started as an opportunity for people to get together to define what's the best of the best you know I'm bringing my cow to the fair, you know, and we're going to show it, and it's going to be judged, but we're also going to milk it to see how much milk it gives. What's the history? My cow gives more milk than Scott's cow. Well, you know, Scott's going to wonder, well, what are you doing? What are you feeding it? You know, what's its pedigree? You know, what's its, what's its, uh, what's its sire? So all those things have played into the fair industry of the best of the best. And that's still important today. It's that competition. So now all of a sudden, Scott here, he's my neighbor, and uh, he beats me at the fair one year. Or so now Rusty's going to look at, oh, what am I going to do to change this around? Because I can't let Scott beat me every year because I'm going to get a blue ribbon and I'm going to get premium dollars because the judge calls, I got the best one. Not only that, my offspring from my cow is worth a lot of money because I got first at the fair at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair I got first at the state Wisconsin Association of Fairs and at the state fair down in uh, Milwaukee West Dallas. not only that we went to the National Dairy Show in Madison and we got first place now all of a sudden that offspring from that calf is probably worth about ten thousand dollars now we're talking serious money so that's what the competition does not only that it elevates the, the uh, whether it's crops any any species that you're showing at the fair that competitiveness it elevates that to the next level so even quilting what are your talents how does that change how does that help so when you actually enter something at the fair you're competing so that your passion of what you do you know if it's raising animals if it's raising uh, baking a cake whatever if you're good at that you can you'll be better and somehow you're going to appreciate that because hey I won something because of something I enjoy doing so the fair industry is built upon that for all these years and what's happening today is it's changing somewhat, moving almost into uh, another realm because of technology and of everything that's going on. Uh, Some of the things right now, Scott, that are, and viewers, what's impacting the fair is, uh, shall we say, the safety concerns that the public has. There's not as many people living on the farm anymore. You know, 50, 60 years ago, most of us grew up on the farm. And so when we went to the fair, we didn't care if we got our boots dirty in the barn. That was no big deal. Uh, You know, it didn't matter to us. We were used to it. We grew up in elements where, you know, we kind of didn't have all the bubble aspect where we've taken antibiotics for everything. So with that stated, you know, when people come to the fair today, they don't have the immunities that they'd had in the past. So it's funny when you visit with our agricultural people here at the fair, they're going, why do we have to wash our hands all the time? Okay, why can't we eat in the barns? We do on the farm all the time. Well, it's because people from the uh, urban areas, when they go to the fair, you know, what do they see? They don't see these animals all the time. They're not exposed to these animals all the time. So that's where if they see our exhibitors eating in the barn, well, I can take my hot dog and corn dog and walk through the barn too. But they don't realize if they touch something that might have manure on it, some E. coli or whatever, because it's all over the place, and they're not used to it, then you could get sick from it. And that's where the challenge comes in. Consequently, costs go up, et cetera, et cetera. So the fair industry as a whole is very conscious of safety, security, and how the patrons going to the fair are treated and how
0: we can keep them safe so they keep coming back and back and back. Where do you think the pivoting, if there was a pivoting, really started to happen in the industry from it being the the image people might have in their head of uh, a watercolor painting of people going to the fair and it was all animals and what have you to more of the image some people have of well it's just a big grandstand and uh, and, uh, and some act that was big 20 years ago is yeah. performing out there that's sort of the other side of the cliche if mm-hmm. you will we know it's all in the middle now here right. at the northern wisconsin state right. fair but the idea of it well, it's just some animals and the 4-H club to, all right, it's some um, past their prime act. Neither one is accurate now, but where would that pivoting occur? So that pivoting, I feel, in my
1: opinion, occurred, I'm going to say probably about 20 years ago, okay, when a lot of things changed in our society in that, uh, you know, in- insurance got crazy, Um one a couple elements have happened since, like from 20 years on, in pivoting in that uh, your festivals. Okay, you got fairs and festivals. Okay, a fair that's you got agriculture, you got carnival and stuff like. Festivals, uh, music festivals. Take that for instance, they popped up really fast about 20 years ago, all over the place. But what did they do? They took the best of the best of the fair, and utilized that as their source of revenues. So they had musicians, they had beverages, and they had food, okay? Where the fair, you know, we have carnival, we have agriculture, we got all these barns and buildings and everything we gotta take care of. And we gotta build to house animals. That's an expense. That's an expense that the other portion of the fair event has to fund some place. So we fund that with the carnival, we fund that with gate admission, we fund that with music entertainment, we fund that with uh, uh, beverage sales per- percentages, etc. That's how that gets funded for the agricultural section. So that pivot took place. The, what also took place about 20 years ago is some people were starting to get sick. I know on the East Coast you have uh, the E.coli broke out and they determined that it was because of the petting zoo at the fair. Were people coming in, petting zoo, feeding animals, stuff like that? So all kinds of protocols got put in place about washing hands, hand washing, sanitizing, making sure the general public, when they come in, were taking care of it. But you had to make sure it happened because insurance rates went through the roof. So liability insurance for fares went through the roof after somebody got sick. Now, go back a few years again, another element that really changed the uh, focus of what's happening was the Indianapolis stage collapse. When that little mini tornado put down, a few people died and everything, all of a sudden you put up a uh, temporary stage like that's down there, like we used to have at the Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds, insurance went through the roofs. And you have to come in and you have to get it uh, you got to watch you put it up, and artists won't even play on them unless it's certified by an architect that it's safe. So all those new elements, requirements, were put in place that makes it much more difficult for the current fair organizations to operate. And so the International Association of Fairs Exhibits—that's what we talk about. We talk about what are we doing and where are we going. So when you talk about a pivot, the pivot in the music industry turned at the same time. When I go back in history of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, we had all the big names here. And we had two shows every night. So, you know, if Dolly Parton was here, she would play at, at five o'clock and then she'd be on again at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And they'd fill the grandstand and everything else and everybody paid for all those seats and everything. And then, you know, to have two shows a night, all the way through the line. So all these major performers have started in the fair industry someplace. So musicians, they started the fair and they end at the <laughs> fair okay look at the old rockers that we got now you know we have we had 38 special you know we had sticks here last year mm-hmm. they played here in 1974 mm-hmm. so they started the fair and they end at the fair and so it's it's crazy because and usually
0: they put on a, a hell of a show these groups when uh because they're just playing for fun at this point.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. And so the changes that have taken place mostly over the last, 20 years i say have really changed the focus of the fair event if you look at the carnival industry there's another interesting industry because as you mentioned before you've got large fairs you have got small fairs you've got large carnival operations you've got small carnival operations you've got mom and pop carnival operations etc what's really changed that around in the last few years is covid so COVID, most fairs did not happen that year, which put all that industry and all those people out of business for a whole year. And they don't get annual pay unless they're working. So, And there was not a lot of help from them until uh, the government stepped in to try to help. But the small carnival operators, they're not in existence anymore. So you're going to find a lot of smaller fairs that cannot afford to bring a carnival in because you're going to have to pay the carnival to come in and you're going to have to have a free enter, free admission to ride. And consequently you can't, the quality of the rides isn't there and the safety's not there.
0: And I think this, this plays into something as, as well. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool. I was going to ask you yeah, you know, right in this area, for instance, we've got a, a you know, Oakland County has got a very nice fair. They do yep. a, a good job with the, it's, yeah. Almost always an agricultural focus there, and they got baking competitions. It's kind of a small town exactly. idea. There's nothing wrong with that as well. Just like here, there's a little bit of everything that's at this fair, yeah. much like you'd see at a lot of state fairs. People go to the Minnesota State Fair, they go down to the one in Milwaukee. You got a little bit of everything here. Right. Do you see, as time goes on, more fairs having to decide? if they're going to have to go all in on something, all right, are we going to just pull back and it's going to, we're going to focus all on the agriculture. We're going to, you know, maybe it's going, you know, it's going to be the baking competitions and the 4-H or, all right, we're, we're not going to tell the, the, the agriculture, no, but we're going all in on a huge grandstand and we're going to spend the money on bringing in a, a huge uh, carnival-like atmosphere, maybe spend a lot of money to upgrade the midway, and they're going to make it, in essence, a a temporary theme park? Do you see places having to be forced into making that decision, or can fairs like this that are the best of both worlds still succeed?
1: So that's a very good question because there is a paradigm shift that's happening uh, across the United States and across Wisconsin, and it really comes down to how is that fair funded? Is really where it comes down to so in Eau Claire okay that's an agricultural fair it's mostly a non-commercial fair it's a free fair to bring animals in okay so they don't own the buildings they actually have to pay rent on them buildings to run that fair so how does that 4-h or that club the fair association in Eau Claire how do they fund that They fund it by donations. They fund it by food that comes in. And, you know, there's not a lot of profit. And it's uh, it's tough for them to do that. So it's hard for them to grow anything because there may be restrictions upon what they can do on those grounds by the county since the county owns the buildings. So those are the restrictions that happen. Similarly, Dunn County is in the situation that way as well. Great Fair, they have a nice carnival that comes in, you know, they do a wonderful job. However, they don't own the buildings. So they're allowed to be on that property for just a two week period, as is Eau Claire. So you have to come in with tons of volunteers and help to showcase those agricultures. So it's truly just an agricultural show you know, the the extra things they do. And keep in mind that even with a the show, they're paying out premiums for the best of the best. That's part of the fair industry. So that's where it's challenged. The Northern Wisconsin State Fair is a private property and it's a private entity, okay? In that we own all the buildings, but we pay for all the bills, mm-hmm. everything else. So you take some of these other fairs, what is that what does that P and l look like of what they're doing? That's pretty well going to dictate how they can go in the future. You have to have long range strategic planning that takes place in order to do that. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago we were down with the Wisconsin Association of Affairs doing a strategic plan for the Wisconsin Association of Affairs to help define, how other fairs in the state really can put together a P and L and a vision of where they're going. It's it's not going to work so much that it's going to be the same old fair, the same old fair, the same old fair year after year after year, because there's changes going on and how you address the changes. I do feel that there's a lot of uh, urban people that would love to be involved in animal health in. Growing animals. You take a little lamb, you put it in a little kid's arms, they're going to go crazy. Okay, now what would it be like if they could, even though they live in town, their daddy works for 3M or whatever, it doesn't matter where they work, but they don't have the opportunity to be out at a farm to feed the animal. But if there was a place where they could go to raise a lamb, to feed a lamb, you know, look at what that would do for that child going all the way through their growing years to show that animal we are right now in such dire need of veterinarians and people in agribusiness big time and so that's where it's changed so uh, make a, to get kind of wrap this up a bit you know the industry is changing fast okay and are the fairs willing to make those changes and so the Wisconsin Association of Fairs, which is uh, a growing one of the best in the nation for Wisconsin, as far as membership and as far as being leaders in agribusiness uh, for the fair industry, we're really working hard to set a leadership role as what is the best that we can do to help fairs out, no matter what size they are, and you know, whatever it means. So. I've said this before, you know, we put a permanent stage up there to get into uh, the music business because that's always been a staple of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair from the past entertainers to the current entertainers. And so if we didn't have that stage due to the economic conditions of what that generates, we would have to be having truck pulls, tractor pulls, you know, horse pulls and all that stuff, which is truly what some of our smaller fairs around us, county fairs, that's what they have. So they need that revenue in order for them to pay their bills. And so we're looking at all fairs to say, how do individually we help them to create that P&L for them to make them profitable and sustainable. I think that's one of the things that the fair industry has not looked at really well because it's always been operated and run by the tax dollar. Okay, from the county or the state, Wisconsin State Fair. That's our taxpayer dollars. If they don't make any money, taxpayers pay the bill. If they make money, monies go back in the general general coffers. Okay, that's the same with a lot of fairs in the state of Wisconsin. So it's uh, there's very and. My push has always been, what's that P and; l? It's still going to cost you the same amount whether the county owns the ground or not, for your plumbing, for your electrical bill, you know, for your sanitation, uh, your uh, you know your maintenance. That's all you're always going to have that basis. But how is it being done, and is it putting back to those that utilize that venue? Mm-hmm. So if you've got taxpayers going in, if the taxpayers own the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Everybody would want to use it for nothing because my taxpayers, my taxes paid for it, right? So that's a, that's a difference in opinion on how it is. The Northern Wisconsin State is private. It's a private thing. We built this on donations from passionate people that want to make sure that the experiences that they had, their children had, and their grandchildren had will carry on. Not only that, the agricultural community understands that we need to have ag education and hands-on experiences. So that's where we're looking at uh, our barn project, our ag campus. Look for those things. To have look for a lot more animal shows coming up. That's happening across the United States as well, as to what it is. So some of your large fairs, the Big E, out in the East Coast, you know, it runs like four weeks in a row, but. They run probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday each week. Mm-hmm. So it's total different dynamics, but that works for them. Mm-hmm. That works for them. What works in your area? You know, uh, you know, Eau Claire County Fair. They're very successful. At what they do that works for them. They found a way to do it, and with uh, with the various fairs week, it's best to communicate and get together because you always have an idea that might help them that's gonna help somebody else. I look to all the fairs, I love people to criticize and say, hey, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. That only helps us grow. That only helps us open our mind. I didn't think of that, I should have thought of that, but I didn't have the right person to bring that input in. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun to bring people in to say, you should have done this, should have done that. We had a lot of criticism about the, the shape or the, the type of floor. We have in our cattle partners. However, we brought in experts to say, don't, don't worry about it. Give it a year or two. It's going to be beautiful. You know? It's only because of the initial cement and how it is. Think about it. Down the road. So it's going to change. We have plans. We could always change all the way down the road. The fair industry is doing the same thing all the way through. Actually, I'll, I'll be co-chair of the IAFE, International Association of Fairs, what they call non-fair facility management. So what do you do with the grounds when it's not the fair? Non-fair facilities utilization. And so we get together once a month with managers all the way across the United States. And we say, what are you doing? What kind of buildings are you putting up? What kind of events are you having? That's how we get the um, uh, RV coaches here, motor coaches here. That's how we bring more business to Chippewa Falls. That's how we bring more events to Chippewa Falls because they are within, they go across fairgrounds, all the way across the United States. There's a fairgrounds in almost every city of some sort. And how that's been utilized and developed is really up to that community but it's such a critical part of the community because that's that outdoor space that they can utilize for whatever their needs might be. So that's going to continue on. It's just how's it going to go and how are you going to fund it? The funding portion is getting tougher and tougher and tougher.
0: Well, outstanding episode here, Rusty. Great great job. And uh, no doubt there's other aspects of this we'll touch on in some other uh, episodes that are coming up as uh, as well. But that'll do it for this edition of Fair Talk presented by the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Thank you, Scott. Talk to you later.